Well, Frank Tramble, Michigan State University alumnus and former Michigan State University employee, is the new vice president for communications and marketing and public affairs at Duke University. And it's great to welcome Frank to MSU today. Hello, Frank. Hey, thanks, Russ. I'm so happy to be home, back in my <laughs> original building where it all started. I so. love it. Well, <laughs> your congratulations on the new role. And uh, before we talk a bit about it, a little bit of your background be- yeah. between graduating from MSU and now being at Duke. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, you know, after graduating from Michigan State, I actually uh, went off to work for Enterprise um, as a training to be a branch manager there and was really excited to go into, you know, the for-profit side, if you will, and, and to, to start going into corporate America. And then I was there every single day missing what I had at Michigan State at the time. And it just so happened uh, that uh, Charles Jackson, over uh, who used to be in the uh, MSU Annual Fund, gave me a call and said, hey, you know that program you were a student in? How about you come back and run it? And for me, I was like, you know what? I think I, I just felt like a calling to come back. And I spent so much of my undergraduate experience uh, being wound up in that program and missing it that it just seemed like the great opportunity to come back to. Um, After that, I stayed at Michigan State for the next seven years or so uh, and then, uh, uh, you know, decided to change and and go to a new route, a new career, um, and then went over to Georgetown University where I headed their marketing and communications for their annual fund in the medical school or the medical center. Uh, and then kind of just stayed there for then again the next seven years or so. Uh, picked up and started teaching uh, at Georgetown in the graduate uh, program. Also went off before that and got a graduate degree in integrated marketing communications. And then uh, got a call one day saying that Howard University was looking at me. And that always felt like a calling too for a whole lot of reasons we can get into. And then uh, went over to Howard University and some years later now at Duke. Take me back when you were ready to choose a college, why was MSU the place for you? And a little bit about how it impacted you, prepared you for where you are, and maybe some of the people along the way that impacted you most. Yeah. Well, there are two schools that, well, there's one school that I really wanted to go to. It actually was Howard University. And it was, you know, part of my fabric going to an HBCU. And my fa- my family was, uh, my father used to actually work for a lot of the HBCUs repairing their instruments. So I always kind of had it in my mind that I wanted to go to uh, Howard um, financially, that wasn't going to work out the way that I wanted it to. And I remember uh, uh, doing a program with the uh, University of Michigan, and I had acceptance from both University of Michigan and Michigan State at the time. And I started to just kind of wonder, well, I, you know, I kind of grew up a Michigan fan because I was in the Detroit area. You know, I didn't know as much about Michigan State just because it was, you know, sports wise, that was all I was really seeing. And then, uh, you know, I did this program and I remember being in a place where the teacher said, hey, well, everyone, this is a group project. You know, everyone's going to Michigan in this kind of group. Um, So everyone do this group project um, or this project, and you can ask people around and, you know, just see how it goes. So she leaves the room. And then we're all kind of doing our assignments. And I had to honestly struggled a little bit with one of those, uh, you know, uh, uh, questions. And so I reach over and try to ask someone, you know, can't, you know, what do you get for this? Or can you help with this? And they turn their back to me. Um, Then I reached over to the next person and said, well, you know, what about you? And they turned their back to me. And I felt like it was such a weird experience because the whole idea was, you know, if you had a question, ask someone around you. Fast forward to me experience, uh, uh, experiencing, um, you know, some of the Spartans. And it was much more of a scenario where they was like, well, you have a question? 
let's all come together and help you. And it was from that moment on, I realized I got to be a Spartan. And that kind of changed really the trajectory of like who I felt like I wanted to be. And, you know, connecting with that Spartan will piece, uh, you know, it just kind of led the ground for why I knew I wanted to come to Michigan State. How funny, Frank, how sometimes just those little moments can Mm -hmm. crystallize a whole lifetime. And Mm -hmm. that's a that's a cool story. Well, Frank Tramble, let's go back to Duke. You're, mm-hmm. you're now the Vice President for Communications, Marketing, and Public Affairs. Mm-hmm. A little bit about the role, and like I asked you, what attracted you to that role, this role now? So, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about the roles I take. I'm very authentic in trying to... I can't, you know, I always said, you know, I, I started here as an MSU telemarketer, and I can say I have the skills to sell gutters to someone who doesn't own a home. It uh, doesn't mean I want to. And so I have to be connected with the mission. I got to be connected with the program. And Duke in particular, you know, for one, I'm the first vice president of communications, marketing, and public affairs. And I say that because the role for the last 35 years that I know of was public affairs and government relations. It re- really wasn't about marketing or branding and kind of telling the stories more about managing the public affairs of the university and then really the government relations side. And for me, that was interesting when they wanted to change the role to be more branding and marketing because for me, my skill set is actually in integrated marketing communications. It's the it's the world of blending the communications and the public affairs side in with marketing and storytelling. I think early on, there really was always this kind of divide at many universities where marketing was something very separate, or you may not even did marketing in that sense, and you really just worried about media. And for me, that's an intertwined world. And when Duke called about that job, and I started really looking into the president, Vince Price, who's great, and this new administration he was putting together since 2017, what I saw was a highly selective university who was really trying to change the fabric of their story and really showcase something that I hadn't seen even as a person of color at these highly selective schools. As of July 1st, uh, you know, there are more people um, of color on the president's cabinet than at, at this school than I've seen at any highly selective school. The athletic director is a black woman. It's the first black woman to be an athletic director and in the Power Five conference, any Power Five conference. The head of HR is a person of color. You got myself. Um, you have, you know, our, our chief diversity officer. You have our community affairs VP. And so uh, our provost, who is a, a brand new and just came from University of Michigan um, and has spent many years there, another person of color. So there, for me, there was a, a story that was building at Duke that, um, was so exciting to kind of come in and be the inaugural piece to be able to tell that. And I think also, uh, uh, you know, I've told this story to to a lot of our Duke friends, too. I've only knew about Duke from basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, we know the Izzo and Coach K rivalry. Right. And for me, what you know, that that's all we knew. When I stepped foot on Duke's campus, the people are so welcoming and helpful. And that same feeling I got when I was at Michigan State and someone was saying, hey, together we can build this, together we can help, together we can grow, I felt that at Duke. And so to have such a different opinion because I only knew the sports and to see what's actually happening on the ground, I just felt like it was another connection point for me to be the one to help and come and tell that story and to help people to see behind just what we know from sports. Yeah. That's, what about some short-term goals as you mm-hmm. get started, maybe some longer ones if you've thought about them? Yeah. Um, I mean, short-term goals right now is, is to get to know the university. Uh, uh, we are walking into the uh, 100th year for Duke. And so, you know, that next year we're going to be celebrating 100 years of Duke and telling that story and redefining Duke. And I think what's really exciting is the opportunity to 
to, to redefine Duke for the next hundred years and to say who is it going to be, um, who do we want to be, and what things we stand on. Um, and so uh, with every longstanding university, there's, you know, the, the past hundred years were never always that great. Um, there's always some things we have to, to kind of work through in those spaces. But I know who we want to be for the future, and I think I'm excited about that portion of it. And I think long-term, being able to build that and being able to really bring together the university among the stories and then be able to hopefully change the perspective for some others, too, um, for people really just understanding who Duke is today. I think that is so exciting for me. And then in particular, too, um, I I look forward to building a department that didn't exist before. You know, and being able to establish something that whenever I uh, leave the university will be there long after me. Frank Tramble, what would you say? I know we could have a conference on this, but <laughs> some of the challenges facing Duke, MSU, really all of higher ed and maybe some of the opportunities that can spring from that. Higher education, it's in an interesting space now. It's its more under attack than you'd ever think, especially for an industry that just serves to educate serve to to bring equity to our communities that you know our 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 intrinsic missions are always to build who we are build the students that come to us and be able to give back to the world and to be in an industry like that and I almost feel like it's under attack all the time is 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 a very new space um I think for the higher education industry and I think that's also where you know we 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 look at even how politics are politics the more that pendulum swings left and right back and forth farther and farther away, we still have campuses that are full of both individuals and trying to find a space to remember that we're all in this America thing together. So we got to remember those aspects. So I think, again, it's a, it's a unique place to be right now, but you know where it's going to continue to grow for us and where I think the most important parts of the decisions that we'll make is going to be in our storytelling. Because prior to social media, you know what happened on a college campus is kind of only within the people that are uh, on that campus. You know, we always think about our alum. We always think about the people engaged. But honestly, the opinion of your campus and the opinion of your school is always going to be wider than just the people who are now interacting with it. I think that's one of the changes. Uh, And that's why I say some of the transparency and authenticity in your storytelling has to become much, much more expanded than it ever has before. And when you think of a MSU and you think of a Duke, We've got to make sure that the stories, you know, the things that I know behind the walls of stepping foot on that campus is, be, uh, you know, really understood by those who never will have an opportunity to step on our campuses. And I think that's where, you know, the where integrated marketing comes in. That's where these positions, and you'll see a lot more VPs of communications and marketing that those worlds blending together. It's kind of a critical place for where we go forward. And Frank, you started to answer it, but but how can strategic communications help address these issues? Yeah, it, it's, you know, strategic communications overall, some make only consider it just the media side, but really yeah. strategic communi- uh, communications is understanding how do all of these things play together? How do the decisions we make emphasize and, uh, you know, bring to life our moral values as an institution? Also, how can we be, you know, really open sometimes about why there is some confusions. We don't know all the answers every single time. And 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 and, and it's important for our communities to know that we're working toward that, yeah. you know, and being able to communicate about those pieces. And so for, you know, as we as we think about strategic communications, we think about really integrated marketing communications. Yeah. It is the source of being able to to bring people into the room that may never be in the room. And that's really trying to align those spaces. I know when I was at Howard, a lot of the work that I did 
was trying to break down a wall between administration and students and faculty to be able to break through some of the even conspiracies of what was happening in the room versus what was actually fact. You know, uh, uh, you know, I'll give you an example. You know, Howard had a really bad relationship with its student newspaper for a long time. And when I got there, didn't have a great relationship either. But one of the things that I did uh, right after that was I invited actually the, you know, the editors into our department and to say, hey, come volunteer and or work in our department and come and see what's happening. Because what you'll find is that there's a lot of good people here trying to do their best work for you. And a lot of those conspiracies that you believe are happening aren't really happening because the challenge is going to be faced to you and help us find a solution for it. I, you know, I, I spend a lot of my time trying to welcome people into the problem. Again, having that Spartan mentality of more <laughs> people in the room will find the right answer together. And I feel like if we can do that, then we'll be in a much better place. Yeah. And again, Frank, you've been talking about, but what's the relationship between strategic communications and marketing in today's world? Yeah. So, you know, I think of marketing um, or communications really as what are the messages that we need to share um, that help us understand who we are. It is the work of, of course, trying to make sure that we manage that in the media where they control their own messaging and we're trying to make sure we put out ours. But marketing is really the, the storytelling and the bringing to life that message past that point. So, you, you know, we can say we're these things, but how do we put it out there and make sure that we are and that we and that you understand it, that you see it past, you know, what what's in the news? Where's the video content? Where's the branding on it? Where's the where's the way that we can pull together everything in a visual and digital way that brings us to, you know, what we believe is truth. And a big part of that, too, is is and this is where I think the the world is different now um, than what it was. You know, there once upon a time you could make a statement and say we are this thing and then put it out there and the community itself really couldn't talk to each other to say if you were or weren't. I think, you know, uh, nowadays, if you can say a statement and the people in your community believe that statement and connect with that statement, then that's when you really know you are those things. It's not just about who we say we are. It's about our actions. It's about everything that comes to life with that and then being able to build that. And I think what's different nowadays, too, communications used to sit, uh, you know, kind of on the second tier of administration. You know, it was here are the decisions and then let's go engage communications. And I think what has flipped on that side is there's been many situations that I've been in where communications is actually leading the decision making, you know, trying to help our uh, administrators understand, well, this decision means these things. It means that you're going to say this to the world. It means that here are the uh, people are going to have an issue with that. It helps drive the conversation. I I can't express the many times uh, that I've, I've stood there and and, you know, we've we've grappled with the decision and our team has gone and written something or pulled something together and said, well, here's here's what what, what it looks like if we make this decision. And then that's really what uh, what pushes us over the line to make that decision. You know, there's kind of an interesting space there where I don't I will say I don't always agree with it for every scenario. But communication sometimes is driving that uh, that process, which also means as communicators, we have to be different. We can't just be we can't just understand the communications and marketing side of it. We have to understand the business. We've got to understand, uh, you know, what's happening on finance. We've got to have uh, understand what's happening in student affairs. We have to be very dynamic because our solutions are going to be enacting whatever's happening at the university. And Frank, when you're making some of these tough decisions, are there some guiding principles you rely on? Oh, God, yes. Uh, uh, you know, for one, I, I go back to it, it's authenticity. I won't lie. I won't uh, do things that morally I don't. Uh, agree with. 
you know, and and I challenge our leaders to 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 always be in that space because you know I I will never do that. It's just not who I am. I'll, I'll leave a job before I feel like I have to inauthentically communicate uh, something that I morally just disagree with. But you know, for me, it's always about just staying calm. You know, with strategic communications, I mean, I've gotten calls two in the morning that the world's on fire, you know, and, you know, I, 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 I'll tell you a quick story. My, <laughs> me and my wife, um, finally I got her out of the country to, to, to celebrate our anniversary or our anniversary. We get out to Mexico and I, and I finally think we have this open space to just be us. I get a call from my boss, uh, uh, saying, Hey, you know, I know you, I know you're in Mexico, but we just had a ransomware attack and now you got to be on uh, calls. And for the rest of that vacation calls the entire time. And and actually for the next six months, um, I, I spent, uh, you know, every 11 to 12 p.m., 2 a.m. calls, 6 a.m. calls, 3 a.m. calls in the morning every single day for seven days a week until we uh, got things back on track. And so, you know, it, it, it can be really challenging. But at the same time, you just got to stay calm. It's when you panic, when you forget your training, when you forget why you're doing the things that you do and keeping those things at the forefront of your mind that you'll make mistakes. Um, and while we can't be perfect, staying calm and being able to, to, to manage under pressure is probably the most important piece of advice I could ever give. Yeah, well said, Frank. And speaking of advice, mm-hmm. for the young people matriculating in this building we're sitting in now, the ComArts building at MSU, just sort of your advice for young people really in general, but maybe specifically for someone who wants to get into this communications world in some way. Well, I have to speak Spartan specific first, yeah. which is... The people in this building, the people on this campus, you know, I owe so much to for, you know, who I am today, why I do the things I do, how hard I go after the things I want. Also, the the, the moral value I put into what I do uh, and, 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 and that spirit, you know. So I have to say, if you're here, you have to engage with the faculty and the staff that are here and really understand that there are people here that will give so much of themselves to you that will lead you into better pastures down the line. And so when I think about uh, the fact that, you know, Eric Thomas, who I know still is a part of this community, and when I was here was a faculty or staff member here, and going to his speeches every Friday or Thursday night or uh, whatever it was, and hearing him talk about, you know, motivation and why he's dri- uh, driven to do the things he does. Those I still hear those conversations every single day in my head. And granted, now he's a, a, a huge motivational speaker, so you can just go on Spotify and also check those things out, too. But... I knew him before that. And so like that matters. You know, you think of the Murray Edwards um, over in the um, culture and academic transitions office uh, and the magic program and 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 all of the wisdom he put into us. Um, When you think about uh, I think about study abroad here and how that really, uh, you know, opened my world up to something completely different where, you know, if I, I, I can safely say that if I didn't do the study abroad, I did here with Dr. Harong Lee, who is amazing. And him taking me over to Asia, I probably wouldn't be as qualified for the job I have now. And one of the first trips I'm, I've got to go over to is to China because we have campus there. So, you know, it, it's it always ties back to how much or how involved you got with the community and how much you really uh, can take those pieces in. Now, for anyone that's looking to get into this career, I think the hardest thing is with this generation is understand you got to still pay your dues. The one thing you have to do is be comfortable being uncomfortable. 
early on in your career should be the time frame where you should be looking and say, what is what are all the things I'm not good at? And then you run toward those things. Don't just jog toward it. Run toward it. If you don't think you're a good public speaker, you need to be standing on the corner doing public speaking every single day. You need to be the public speaker in your groups. You need to be able to bring your friends together and try to stand up in front of them and talk about things that you know. You need to run toward those things. I have built my entire life on being comfortable in the uncomfortable. And where did that start from? Here at Michigan State, because I was a group, uh, with a group called Bomb Squad that uh, was a student group that we did what we called anthropological excursions. But really, with the, <laughs> the, uh, the point of it was, what are you uncomfortable with? Let's go do it. And that was how I spent my freshman year. Us having conversations, what are you uncomfortable with? And then a group of people supporting me to go do that thing that I'm super uncomfortable with. So therefore, after a certain amount of time, what happens is you just don't get into scenarios where you're that uncomfortable because you've seen it before. You've challenged yourself in a different way. And I think that's just the best advice that that um, that I could ever give to someone because you uh, uh, doing that sets you free from so many different things. And then now uh, now when I walk into a scenario where I haven't been in before, I just look at it and go, it's going to be a good story on the other side of that. I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but I know I can. I love that. Frank Tramble, my guest on MSU Today, MSU alumnus who's now the Vice President for Communications, Marketing, and Public Affairs at Duke University. Frank, anything important I haven't asked you or just some final thoughts you want to leave with us today? Uh, You know, final thoughts. The Spartan community is just meant so much to me and I, I can't you know I almost see this as more of a thank you to the community because it, there's so many people that I could go on with and we could do a whole episode on naming those individuals <laughs> uh, but from every office that I've ever been here at the university this place can create a future for you if you let it and if you embrace it and if you really understand how to work within all the diversity of the community and be able to be uh, to, to be involved You'll find yourself as a new person and always a Spartan. Frank, great talking with you again. Thanks for coming in. Go green. Go white. That's Frank Tramble, Vice President for Communications, Marketing, and Public Affairs at Duke University. And I'm Russ White. This is MSU Today.